Bob, what are you doing? I got, I got, you, you told me we were going to go with this thing. I got gospel tracks. I got three max, I got mashed potato 316. I've got some Spanish stuff. I got four spiritual laws. But you know what? What? I want to tell people how much God loves them. That's amazing, and Bob. And I picked some great gospel stories. I picked the one where the leper comes to Jesus and, 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 and Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus says, I'm willing, and he touches me. That's just, I just want to tell people how much God loves them. Bob, I love your enthusiasm, but we're not going witnessing today. We're, we're oh. talking about witnessing. Oh. Uh. It's okay. You can, you can sit down. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Bob thought we were going witnessing, and maybe that wouldn't be a bad idea. Uh, if you remember last week, uh, Gloria Cates came up and was mistaken, thought we were having a potluck because we were talking about fellowship, and, and I think all of us could identify with Gloria's enthusiasm. We, we look forward to a, a good potluck. We look forward to being together, to, to fellowship. But let me ask you this. How many of you identified with Bob there? How many of you wish we were going witnessing instead of talking about witnessing? Bob probably does. The reason I asked Bob is because I, I talk with Bob a lot and he tells me about people at work he's sharing with. And so I know Bob is enthused about witnessing. But if you're not so enthused, know this, you're, you're not alone. We Christians, for the most part, uh, struggle with this area of, of sharing our faith. But it's my prayer that today, God will use His Word to inspire us, uh, both you, you and me, to be, more like, to be more like Bob, to be excited uh, about witnessing. So would you turn with me in your Bibles... And we can go, I mean, we'll be here together as a church, but we'll have a time where we'll leave this place and we're welcome to go witnessing. Turn with your Bibles, Acts chapter 1 and 2. We'll be mostly in Acts 1 and 2. We're in the midst of a series on the church. Uh, We began by looking at the overall big picture purpose of the church, to glorify God, to make God look great in all that we say and do. And really, everything else just flows from that. Everything we do as a church must be for the glory of God. And so over the last four weeks, we've, been, uh, we've seen the foundational, what, I, what I'm going to call the internal activities of the church, marks of the church. That's what Tom's been calling them. These are four crucial things that God uh, does in us and we do together. There are four things that enable us to grow in our relationship with God and our ability to bring glory to God. And those four internal activities are highlighted in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. We've seen it over the last four weeks. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, really studying the Word, and to fellowship, and the breaking of bread, uh, communion, remembering Christ, and prayers. This is what the early church was devoted to. These were the priorities in their together lives. These are the things that they did come, if I can say, hell or high water, no matter what. And these provide a framework for what we at Bridges should be devoted to. To be devoted to when we gather together on Sunday mornings, in our small groups, and even 
uh, when we get together as friends. These things should characterize our internal life together as the body of Christ. Now today our focus is going to shift from the internal to the external. From what we do together as a church to what we do beyond these walls. To the mission God God has given us in our world. Now the internal and the external are, are, are related. In fact, the external is dependent on the internal. As we internally gather as a church, devoted to the Word, devoted to fellowship, to breaking of the bread around the memory of Christ and to prayer, I believe we're equipped to accomplish the external mission God has given His church. And it's through that engagement in our mission that I believe God is most glorified. And so let me ask you this. What is our mission? What is our mission? What is the job, uh, the task that God has given His church, of which we're a, a small part here of Bridges, His church to do in His world? How would you characterize our mission? Anyone? Bring glory to God. Tell others, go and make disciples, love one another, all good, great stuff. I think the, uh, what, what Liam said, bringing glory to God is certainly the overall purpose of the church. And I think we do that by accomplishing the mission that God's given us. And I'm going to break that mission into two parts. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about part one. And it's being witnesses. And next week, we're going to talk about part two, which is making disciples. I'm going to begin by examining the command to be witnesses. So, so there's two parts. Uh, the being the witnesses, which we'll talk about, is really that initial communicating of the gospel. And then as people come to Christ, it's making disciples for Christ. So that's next week. Now we're going to talk about just the being of witnesses. So we begin with the command to witness. In Acts chapter 1, just before Jesus ascends into heaven, beginning in verse 6, we read, So when they had come together, they, this is the disciples, asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? The disciples had had a mission on their mind. They wanted Jesus to to toss out their Roman oppressors and and to restore the kingdom of Israel to the the days of King David, to the days of, of Solomon. But Jesus responds, He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by His own authority. Notice He didn't say that the kingdom of Israel would not be restored at some point. But he does say that this will happen in the Father's time, implying that now is not the time. But I can can identify with the disciples here. There are a lot of things that I'd like God to accomplish in our world through His church. For example, he He could begin by restoring our country. We have a lot of problems. We are very divided. We're a very divided people. But this doesn't change our mission as a church. It wasn't to restore the kingdom of Israel. And it's not to bring political or social or economic harmony to the United States. Not that those are unimportant. They just are not the focus of the mission that Jesus Christ gave us. Instead, Jesus in Acts 1.8 gives us our mission. 
He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, we're going to examine some different aspects of this verse, of this mission Jesus gives, but I want to begin with the heart of it. It's, it's, it's a three-word command from Christ. He says, be my witnesses. Be my witnesses. Let's look at those three powerful words. First, be. Notice Jesus doesn't say, you will witness. He says, you will be my witnesses. Be involves who you are. The word in Greek is, is, is a future tense of the Greek phrase, ego am I. This is a translation, uh, this is translated into English, I am. As Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. I am the way, the truth, and the life. As Jesus said, I am, he says to his disciples, you be my witnesses. That's who you will be. That's who you are. So our mission is not just a, a task to accomplish. It must become part of who we are, who we be. Oftentimes, uh, we identify ourselves with our job. We ask children, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a doctor, a lawyer, a dentist, a businessman, a fireman. But for the Christian, we must identify ourselves with our mission. Jesus says, be my witnesses. Witnessing should not be something uh, we do when the the opportunity... Is that a new word? Opportunity presents itself. Witnessing should be something we pursue, something we make time for, something we plan for and prepare for, something that's an integral part of who you are. Be my witnesses. Second, my. This may seem obvious, uh, but we need to be clear. We are Christ's witnesses. Jesus speaking when he says, be my witnesses. We belong to him. If we're Christians, we were, as the Scripture says, bought with a price. And our mission is to be the witnesses of the one to whom we belong. To witness for and about Christ. To glorify and honor His name. To tell His story. Who He is and what He's done and what He will do. And that brings us to our final word, witnesses. This is the Greek word martea. Martyria where we get our English word, martyr. The word actually means to testify to the truth of something. It means pretty much the same thing as our English word witness does. To bear witness to the truth. To give evidence to the truth of something. To confirm the truth of certain aspects of of facts. It, It has its root in the Greek legal system. And we, we know it mostly from our legal system. In early church history, the word became associated, however, with those who were killed because they were witnessing to the truth of Jesus Christ. Be my witnesses. That's the heart of our mission, at least the beginning of our mission. Now, I want to make something clear about being a witness. Giving evidence to the truth of who Jesus is and what he's done. Scripture teaches that that this evidence, this Witnessing, testimony, comes in two forms, and both are necessary. 
The first form of evidence is, is less emphasized, but it's very important. It has to do with how we live, with our works. Jesus said in Matthew 5.16, Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Our good works that shine forth and point people to God, that bring glory to God. And at the heart of our good works is, I think I'm touching on most of the things people said, uh, is love. Do we love one another? Do we love our neighbor as ourselves? Do we sacrifice for others? Do we care for those in need? When we do those things in the name of Christ, then, then our light shines forth. We provide a a powerful witness for the truth of the gospel, for the truth of what Christ has done within us. So the first form of witnessing is our works. And the second is our words. When Jesus gave the the mission statement in, in Mark's gospel, he said, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. We have a message to bring. And that message is the gospel. There's truth to tell. There's words to speak. The good news of Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ was, He is God come in human flesh. That He lived among us. That He became one of us, yet without sin. So that He could die in our place. So He could pay for our sins on the cross. And then He could rise from the dead, defeating sin and death. Why? That we might, through Christ, be forgiven of our sin and be reconciled to God. That sinners might come into relationship with the Holy God. We are witnesses to the truth of who Christ is and what Christ has done. And as we witness, we have to tell what Jesus both did historically. We find that in the the Gospels. And what He's done for us personally. We witness to the truth of how Christ saved us from our sin and how He transforms us into new creatures. We call that our testimony. As witnesses, we have a testimony to give to the world around us, a testimony that describes what Christ has done in in our lives. And finally, and don't forget this part, we let people know that if they will trust, if they will believe, if they will put their faith in Christ, that, that He will do the same for them. He'll save them from their sins. He'll transform their lives. He will bring them into an eternal relationship with God. That's the, the message of our witness, a summary of the gospel. So we witness with our works, what we do, and with our words, what we say. Our, word, our, our works are there to back up to give authority, if you will, validity to the, to the words we speak. So that's our mission. So at the heart of our mission is the command to be His witnesses. Now there are se- several other things that this command helps us to understand about our mission. First, or second point, we see the call to witness. Now, I've heard people say that that, that they're just not gifted uh, in evangelism, in sharing their faith, in witnessing. That's just not my thing. And that may be true. Not everyone is a gifted evangelist. But what I want us to see is that no matter what our gifts are, and I think all of us have gifts from God, first of all, we can use them 
as a community to be His witnesses, but we're all to be witnesses, to bear witness to the truth of who Jesus is and what He has done for the world and in our own personal lives. Look at Acts 1.8 again. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. The question is, who is the you? You will be my witnesses. Are all Christians included in the you? Some would say that the mission was only for for people that Jesus was speaking to at that time. But clearly the mission must uh, clearly must have meant for the mission to continue on because it extends to the ends of the earth. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. With our words and our works, we're to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. And as of today, what's the date today? October 7, 2018. That mission has not been completed. There are still groups of people in our world that have no idea who Jesus Christ is. They don't have a Bible in their own language or a church in their culture. The gospel has not yet gone to the ends of the earth. So clearly the mission is meant for more than those early disciples of Jesus. But there are others who say that being a witness is only for a select few. Those who are called to that mission. But, but I think Paul dispels that idea in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17-19. through 19. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Are you in Christ Jesus? Are you a follower of Christ, a believer, a Christian? Are you a new creature? Have you been reconciled to God? then He's committed to you the message of reconciliation. And that message of reconciliation is the gospel message, the message of who Jesus is, what Christ Jesus has done. Proclaiming the message of reconciliation is being His witness. So I hope it's clear that each and every person who's a a Christian is called by Christ to be His witness. The mission of the church is the mission of every member of the church. Yes, every sinful one of us, every damaged and broken one of us is to be part of His mission, the mission He's given the church. So the question comes, how do we do that? What gives us the capability to witness? What enables us who are fragile and frail, as Tom likes to say, botched and bungled, What gives us the capability to be witnesses for Jesus Christ? Again, Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. Where does the capability to witness come from? The power of the Holy Spirit. He provides the power, the ability to to be Jesus' witnesses. That word power is, is the Greek word dynamis. It's where we get our our English word dynamite. And it it literally refers to an explosive, life-changing, dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. This is a supernatural power that flows from God to His people. And this power is given specifically, we need to get this, 
His power is given specifically that we might be His witnesses. And that includes both aspects of witnessing. The Holy Spirit gives us power to witness with our works. He gives us the power to love and to to sacrifice for others. He gives us the power to overcome sin, to overcome selfishness, to overcome pride. By His power, we're transformed into people who with our lives can represent Jesus Christ to to a lost world. And the Holy Spirit gives us power to, to witness with our words. He brings words to mind. He gives us illustrations and verses. Now, it's been my experience that that power comes once we step out in faith. It's not like uh, all of a sudden, oh, I've, I see there's this part of my mind that's just filled with, now I know I can present the gospel well. It's when we step out in faith, when we trust in Him, that He empowers us. We may not feel like we're empowered until we get engaged in the actual task of witnessing He also, as I have experienced, even increases our language abilities. I remember being able to speak Thai much better when I was sharing the gospel than when I was ordering food at a restaurant. God was there. He was empowering me. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. It might not enable you to speak another language well unless you've studied that language. You have to do a little study. But I think He will bring words to you. He'll give you the right thing to say for that person if you trust in Him. If you allow Him to fill you with His Spirit. So think about this. I mean, we, we talk about, we think about, we want to be filled with the power of the Spirit that we might live this life. But think about this. If, you, if you're struggling in, in the Christian life, if you're wondering where this transforming, sin-conquering power of the Spirit is for you, you might want to ask yourself, when was this last time I sought to be a, a witness? Because from the beginning, from this, this, this maybe first promise that Christ gives to the church, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. This, pow- this, this, this promise of the Holy Spirit that will work in your life is given in the context of being a witness. So when was the last time you sought to be a witness? Because if the power is to be a witness, then why would that power be there if you're not going to use it for witnessing? Just a thought. So we've seen the command. We've seen the call. We've seen the capability to witness. Now we turn to to the confines of witness. This is where I, I... I like those first three C's. This one's a little... These last two are a little less. Could have used better words, but I used the C word, sorry. So by confines, I mean what's the, the area? What's the scope of our witness? Where are we to witness? How far do we go? Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses where? In Jerusalem and in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So what are the confines? What are the area of witness? Where are we to witness? There are a couple ways we could answer that question. First, Jesus said to be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Specific sort of things. Now, Jesus gives this mission, uh, this this his mission in each of the Gospels, including as well as Acts 1.8. 
And this is consistent with the other times and what he says about the, the area of witness. In Matthew 28, 19, he says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Mark 16, 15, Go into the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. And Luke 24, 20, 47, he says, And then repentance and forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in, the, in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. I think it's clear that according to Jesus... The, the confines or the location of our witnessing is the world, the whole world, to all nations, the whole creation, the ends of the earth. So first, the confines of our witness is the ends of the earth everywhere. But second, we can't forget that we must witness right where we are. The command is not to go to the ends of the earth. The command is to begin where you are and continue to the ends of the earth. I remember when Christine and I were, were training to, to be missionaries, to go to the ends of the earth, uh, so to speak. To, to someone, I, I don't remember who it was, said this, if you're not doing it here, that is, ministering, doing the things a missionary does, witnessing, then you won't do it there. That stuck with me. Even though I was focused on being a witness in, in faraway Thailand, I needed to be a witness right where I was in Riverside. So we are witnesses everywhere to the ends of the earth and right where we are and in between in a sense. And I don't believe it's an either or proposition. We need to focus on both the right here and the over there. And they come together in the church. They come together in the strategy that Jesus outlines here in the book of Acts. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will witness in Jerusalem right where you are. And then some among you will be sent beyond Jerusalem into the surrounding area of Judea. Jerusalem was the city. Judea would be the state, the province, both populated by Jewish people, people very similar to the disciples. And then some among you will be sent beyond Judea into Samaria. Samaria was another region, another state. It, however, was populate, populated by Samaritans, not, not by Jews. They shared some common uh, cultural aspects, but they were very different as well. And then some among you will be sent beyond Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria to the ends of the earth, where culture and language would be totally different. Do you see the strategy? It's thought through. It makes sense. It's purposeful. John Piper said that this about Jesus' about Jesus' command in Acts one eight. Jesus is not talking here of an occasional word of witness in in our same circle of culture. He's talking about ever expanding efforts to penetrate more and more of Satan's strongholds of unbelief. And that effort is the mission of the church. Where do we witness? We witness where we are. We witness in our neighborhoods and in our places of work. We witness in our homes and in the homes of our friends and family. But we are also to be involved in reaching out beyond this geographical area, beyond our own culture, to places where the gospel has yet to go, has yet to penetrate. So the confines of our witness is the world. Our world, the whole world. Now let's conclude by looking at the, the chronology of witness. 
And by that, I mean the time frame of our witness. When do we witness? Now, the obvious and correct answer is right now. Today is the day of salvation. But, but what I, I think our passage points out is that our time for witnessing is limited. The time limit is implied in, in verses 9 through 11 of Acts 1. So, so Jesus has just given the, the mission to his disciples. And then we read, and he, verse 9, Acts chapter 1, After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he, as he went, behold, two men stood by him in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Kind of an, an, an amazing scene. These verses are a description of what we call the ascension of Christ. Jesus being taken into heaven to be seated at the right hand of the Father where Jesus would continue His work. He'll work through the church, where He will, he will send the Holy Spirit. You know, this is the promise in one aid, and then later, as Jesus is in heaven, the Holy Spirit will come upon His church to reach the world with the gospel. And how long will that take? How long will the church be witnesses on planet earth? Well, the two men in white robes, these angels, point to the fact that one day Jesus would return. He'll come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. He's referring to the the second coming. One day, Jesus will return uh, to set all things right. To literally, and I believe physically, establish his kingdom here on earth. One day, he will restore the world. And we, his church, have this time, the time between his ascension and his second coming, to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. That's the chronology of our mission. And in fact, it seems that the second coming is dependent on us completing our mission. Jesus said in Matthew twenty four fourteen, And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. There's the mission again. And then the end will come. We're not given a specific amount of time to accomplish our mission. Instead, we're told that accomplishing our mission will determine the end. Jesus says that our mission in the world is so important that He will not uh, bring everything to the end until it's completed. So let me ask you this. Do you want Jesus to return? Do you pray, come quickly, Lord Jesus, then be His witnesses With so much at stake, we have to ask ourselves, what are we waiting for? If our mission is so important that Jesus is waiting for its completion before his return, then what are we willing to do and be to see that mission completed? This is a question we need to ponder, we need to pray about, both individually and as a church. And so during this this, uh, series on the church... Uh, I felt it's important to, uh, if you've noticed, we've had little activities, I think with pretty much every message, maybe not the first one, I can't remember, where, where there's something we have to do instead of just listening. And so today we're going to do something. Is anybody stressed? Bob's not stressed. He, he thinks I'm going to send us off witnessing. 
All I'm going to ask you to do, uh, I just want you to take a few minutes and break up into little small groups, three or four people. And in your small, small group, I want you to talk about how you as an individual or we as a church can apply what you've heard this morning. So take a few minutes and share with one another around this question. How can you, how can we become more involved in being Jesus' witnesses? And, and after a few minutes, I'll call us back together uh, to sh- and, and maybe call on a few if you guys have some answers that you want to share with the whole group. And, and just let me say this. If you're visiting this morning or if you don't feel like sharing in your group, no problem. That we... That's not a problem. Just listen and learn. So, so, so form your small groups and discuss the question that's on, on the, it should be on the overhead. Can you guys do that? All right. Three or four. If you're at a table, you're pretty good. All right. Just take a, take a second to finish up. as I thought about us doing that, it reminded me of my days in college when uh, I was part of a little men's discipleship group, and, and that's what we, we got together, and we fellowshiped, and we talked about how can we reach our campus for Jesus, you know? That was just part of our fellowship, thinking about, maybe we should think about that in terms of our small groups, our regular small groups. Maybe that part of that could be planning together, how can we, that was my idea as I discussed stuff with myself up here in my head. But I was going to ask, uh, what did you guys, what did you guys come up with? Any, anyone want to share what you came up with or someone else in your group, uh, something they said that struck you? And, and uh, I want to capture this. So I'm going to ask, uh, what's her name over there? Christina? With your computer? Can you, can you take notes? Yes. Thank you, dear. <laughs> Uh, anyone? Bob? Looking at the people, noticing? Being more purposeful? Okay, great. Great. Yeah, asking, you know, beginning... Even your day with prayer, asking God to use you in that. Others? Brian? Yeah. Send out letters. That's a great, great, I I know he does that. (laughs) He doesn't send them to me anymore because I got saved. (laughs) But... Yes, and I mean, write a letter to someone. If, if, you're, if you're struggling, I mean, Paul wrote letters. We can write letters. Write a letter to someone. Others? Terry? Right. No, that's great. That's, that's in, in a sense, a, a work we can do that then then gives, as the Operation Christmas Child, people share those. I mean, we're not able to do that, to go there and do that, but it gives them, the, in many ways, the authority to, to then share the message. Good. 
So that's coming up, the Operation Christmas Child, in a few, in a month here, I think. Others? Gloria? Yeah, after you've, after you've taken the risk, been bold and shared the gospel with someone, continue, I mean, if they, you know, if they, uh, how do I say it, reject, don't believe, then just kick them out of your life. No. You continue to have relationship with them, continue to demonstrate the love of Christ in, their, in, in your life. I think that's just the natural thing we do. Did anybody uh, have anything for the we? We as a church, any, any thoughts about how we as a church group could be more involved in witnessing? Liam? Mm. Yeah, so holding one another accountable or asking one another, encouraging one another. That's great. Thanks. I think that's one of the, at the heart of uh, what we want to do as a church, equipping people. You know, we see this time as, as equipping, encouraging, not just Sunday morning, but our time with one another uh, that we might then go out into the world and engage and bring Christ-centered change. So, well, great. Thanks, guys. And continue, continue with this in your own Small groups and other times as you meet together, continue to share with one another about how, how you have been, give uh, how you have been involved in witness that, that would encourage others. So now we turn to our time of communion, of devoting ourselves to the breaking of bread together. And, and I believe one of the reasons that Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper was so we would have a continual reminder of what we're to be witnesses to witnesses about. In the Lord's Supper, we're reminded of what Christ has done for us. We're reminded of the gospel message we're called to share with the world. And so as we come to the Lord's table this morning, specifically, I'd ask that you not only remember what Christ has done for you, but remember what you're called to share, that you're called to share what Christ has done for the world around you. And so as the worship team and the ushers come forward, I'm going to pray in a second, let us Just turn our hearts fully to Christ's finished work on the cross. Let us remember who Christ is and what He's done. And and let us even now be thinking about and, and praying for those in our lives who need to hear the witness to the truth of what Christ has done for them. Would you pray with me? Father God, thank You for this day. Thank you that without you, without your coming, without your death on the cross, we, we would not be here. We would not have experienced transformation, experienced forgiveness, experienced the love of God in our lives, and we thank you for that, Lord. And I pray that as we come to remember that, remember your death for us, Lord, that, that you would be encouraging us to share uh, that truth, the truth of who you are and what you offer to those around us with those in our lives. Lord, that we would share it with those in our lives. We would send and support those who share it 
to the ends of the earth. In Christ's name, amen.